Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. It's good to see God moving, hey, and meeting with us. I was in Melbourne a couple of weeks ago at a, at a conference, a revival conference, and um, I'd heard about this. I was sharing a little bit on it last week, but I'd heard about revival breaking out in this place, and I went to see for myself and uh, get in on the action, not as a sceptic, but um, the Lord gave me a word a few years ago now. The word was, get in the breath. And he was telling me, wherever you see me moving, I want you to get in that place, be in that place. And so I went down there to Melbourne and, and, and it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, but in saying that, there are a lot of prophetic voices uh, coming out of that place and right across the globe who are talking about revival coming in Australia. And I want you to hear this, that a lot of it is targeted at Queensland that there is a belief that there's going to be a great move of God through Queensland. Isn't that cool? And I know that Awakenings just announced they're going to do another event here in Brisbane next year, which is going to be amazing. But um, our job as we come to the end times is to look for the signs, right, and be ready. And I tell you what, we can see that God is doing some really exciting stuff. I want you to turn the person next to you right now and let them know God has more for you. God has more for you. There is more. He's not done with you yet. Come on. All right, well, I've got a word for us this morning. If you were here last week, I shared a message called Next Steps and it was about God's plan to actually lead us into the growth that He has for us as followers of Jesus. That the life that we're called to is not a life where we stand still, where we come to Him and then that's it, it's all done. But it's a life where He calls us into transformation, ongoing transformation from now until we get to heaven, God has a plan for us. You might think you're amazing already. God's got even more plans for you, okay? I want you to hear that. He's got more to do with you. He's got more to do in you. And none of us get to stay where we are because God's got a great plan for us. And we're reading about Jeremiah 17 where it says, Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord. He's like a tree planted by the water whose roots go down deep whose leaves stay green all the time and he's always ready to produce fruit. This is a picture of someone who trusts in the Lord. The opposite is true. Those who don't trust in the Lord will not reap the blessings that the Father has for them. And we wanna be people who receive everything that God has for us, the abundance. Jesus said that the thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy. But He said, I have come that they may have life and life to the full, an abundant life. How often as followers of Jesus do we feel like that the life of following God can be boring and anything but abundant? It is time for us to align our thoughts with these promises. God has a full, abundant life. And it may not mean that Ferrari that you've always wanted. I'm pretty sure it probably doesn't mean that. 
but it means that God has great things for every single one of us. And when we trust in Him and we're obedient to Him, we position ourselves to receive those things. And so um, we're going to jump into a little bit more of this today. And then as Tim said, we're going to baptise some people here in church today. How cool is that? So we're going to have some fun. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 3 with me. This is a favourite passage of mine. I've spoken on it many times before. Joshua 3. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. Um, Praise the Lord. Those people are celebrating that it's not me. It's the word of God. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I'm good with that. Thanks, Hannah. Joshua 3, starting at the beginning. It says, Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. I want you to see this right now. We're looking for patterns here in Scripture. So this is an event that actually took place at the same time through Scripture. We see these shadows that point to things that either the Lord is going to fulfill or that He calls us to do. And so that's what we're looking for here. And I want you to see this, is that we don't just wander into the future that God has for us. In His grace, He meets us. But from that point, it is intentional that we step and follow Him as He leads us in life. Verse 5, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. That's a word right there. A consecrate is not a word that we use all that much. It's a bit of a churchy word. Actually, it's pretty much only a churchy word. Hey, I don't know if anyone's using that around the office, are they? (laughs) Maybe here, true. Not the average office. And if you do, it's probably weird. So consecrate. It's a word we see in Scripture, particularly in the Old Testament. And it's a calling from the Lord to be able to purify yourself or set oneself apart for the service of the Lord. And it comes into this area that actually Tam shared recently about the sacred. Things that are set aside, that are clean and set apart for God's plans and purposes. So the calling here is that the people need to consecrate themselves, that they need to be clean, they need to prepare themselves to be able to move forward with the things that the Lord has. And to understand consecration more, you have to understand this concept that the Lord was actually teaching to Israel is that He is set apart from everything. He is holy. He is perfect in every way. He is clean in every way. And the holy must not come into contact with the unclean. 
And so this is what's being taught here. And as you read through the Scriptures, you see the Levitical law, which outlines some of the things that would make people unclean. Things like coming into contact with a, um, a dead body, all sorts of foods and things like that. And there was a process that the Father actually instructed the Israelites to live this way to stay clean. If they were to become unclean, there was also processes to help them become clean once again. The purpose was so they could be prepared to be in His presence. Whether that was to go to the tabernacle, whether that was to have their sins forgiven, whether that was to even follow at a distance from the Ark of the Covenant, the dwelling place of God's presence on earth at the time. He demanded, He required, He needed them to be clean, to even be able to come close. And so the calling of this is quite interesting for us as followers of Jesus. I was thinking about this idea of unclean and clean as I was preparing this message. And for whatever reason, this season of mind came to uh, this season of life came to mind for me was when our kids were much younger. And it seems like everything was much dirtier back then. (laughs) Like there was just always mess, right? When you move from milk to solids, mess, right? And you move from number ones and number twos to number threes. (laughs) Everyone, you know what number threes are, right? And um, I was reminded of of a time where I was actually at work, but um, my wife was at home and she was uh, doing some work on the computer and and one of our children came up to her and they put a sultana in her hand. And my wife looked at this sultana and she thought to herself, well, we haven't had sultanas today. (laughs) And then she did that thing that mums do. Why you do this, I have no idea. (laughs) She smelt it. (laughs) Why do you do that? Right? I guess after smelling it, she realised. And then she thought to herself, well, we did have sultanas yesterday. Right? And it was at that point that she kind of turned around from her desk and she looked around the house and there were these little piles (laughs) scattered through the house and she realised that um, the nappy had just not been able to contain what was going on in our child at the time. (laughs) And that just sums up that season of life. But I think it helps us all to understand there is a place for clean and there is a place for the unclean. And when it comes to the Lord, these things are incredibly important. They actually decide whether we are able to come close to Him or not. Whether we can encounter Him, whether we can know Him, whether we can walk with Him, whether we can step into all the things that He has for us. This is who the Lord is. And here is the great news. This is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is that in the Father sending His one and only Son, Jesus, When we come and we put our faith in the work of Jesus, His life, His death and His resurrection, the blood that was spilt on the cross for us 
We receive it, it washes us clean and we are able to come then into the presence of a holy God. This is incredible. Like our minds can't actually get around the fullness of how big this is. Now, not only can we now come before God, but our bodies become a temple of His Spirit, the Holy Spirit all because Jesus makes a way for us to become clean. And so Jesus comes and consecrates us. And you might've come to faith, you might've surrendered your life to Jesus and maybe you haven't realised what has actually taken place. Is that that blood that was spilt on the cross was done for you to wash you clean so that when the Father looks upon you, now He sees someone who has been washed whiter than snow and He draws near. That is amazing. If you've ever felt like God is a distant God, He's not. He comes close, so close that He indwells us. This is who He is. And this is the good news of the Gospel. But the Father also calls us to live consecrated. Not just a one-off act, but an ongoing act that we would live set apart for Him, for His plans and His purposes, that we would maintain the cleanness in His grace. And so for some of us, this setting apart can be quite a drastic change in life. And I want you to hear this today. It means our actions, the things that we do. It means our hobbies. It means the things that we say about people. It even means our thought life. All of it becomes consecrated to Him. And some of us on the outside, we can look good, right? But the reality is that the nappy's not keeping up and, and in our minds... There's a lot of things that are going on that are not consecrated. And this is a place the Father calls us to, to live in this consecrated place. It's a life of surrender, giving everything to Him. But hear this, it's in the context of receiving the blessings of the Lord. It's because He's good. It's all because He's good. And He's got great things for us. All right, we're going to keep reading. Jump to verse 14 with me. It says, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan while the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. Now I want you to see the process that's taking place here and look for the next steps. We see that God comes, He reveals Himself to His people. He then gives them instructions. He has plans for them. The people are called to consecrate themselves, to be set apart for the Lord. 
and then he leads them through the water. Right? Are you with me? We're having baptisms today. He leads them through the water and into the promised land. This is the future that he had for them. And the promised land is a physical space. It's the fulfilment of a promise that God had for those people, but it also represents God's blessing for us, that God leads us into the promised land, that the future that we have with the Lord is full of His blessing, a land full of milk and honey. If you don't like milk and honey, they're really good things to the Lord, right? And He wants to bless you with milk and honey. This is what God has for us. I want you to watch what happens next, chapter four. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now we're looking for next steps here. This is testimony. Our testimony tells the world how good God is and what He's done. This is the next step for many of us. But when you encounter life-changing news of Jesus when it begins to transform your life, you have a testimony to share of what God has done for you. And how, how, how many more people would come to Jesus if we were active in simply sharing our testimony of God's goodness? We have all these strategies on how to share our faith and, and steps to take and, and numbers to take and letters to remember and all these things. What if we just started with, can I just tell you how good God is? Here's what he's done in my life. I think we'd see so many people come to know Jesus. Now, as you keep reading from here onwards, you see more patterns coming. The Father has more that he wants to teach Israel. He wants more shadows in Scripture, in history, to point us to the goodness of of Jesus. And so he leads them to this city, Jericho, He wants them to have this city. He wants them to take this land, but the walls are too high, too strong for them. And so he says, all right, I'm gonna teach you something in this moment. I'm gonna get you to worship me while the rest of the world looks on, not understanding what you're doing. And then you're gonna see that when you do that and when you're obedient to me, victory and deliverance is what follows obedience. And we know that the walls came crashing down. Once again, the Israelites were required to learn a hard lesson. The clean cannot be mixed with the unclean. This city was full of people that were not a part of God's plan. 
They worshipped other gods. They were just so deep in sin that the unclean had to be removed. And the Israelites had to learn the weight of this once again. Another pattern that the Father's revealing to us. I want you to jump to New Testament with me now. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Give you some context on this. Um, God has just sent his spirit at Pentecost. And for anyone who knows that it came like tongues of fire and the sound of rushing wind, the sound in itself, this activity of God was enough to draw a huge number of people to the scene. They were already there for a festival. They heard that something was going on and they came. In the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter took an opportunity and he shared the hope of Jesus Christ, God's plan for all of humanity with them. And this is what we read happen. It says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other disciples, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And I want you to see this practical step, another pattern we see here today. Is the process was this, repentance, baptism, moving into the life that God has for a follower of Jesus. And it wasn't getting perfect first. It wasn't reading your Bible more. It wasn't becoming a better Christian. It wasn't going to church more. It was repent and be baptised. This is the pattern that the Lord established. It was always His plan that He would take His followers through the water. Always His plan. Not a New Testament plan. It was always His plan. It's right through Scripture. This crowd, they didn't just hear the good news on this day, but they encountered the good news. It gripped their hearts. I heard someone sharing recently and talking about how you you meet that beautiful woman woman when you're a single young man and I mean people could have told you all sorts of things about that woman right maybe even really good things but there's something about when you encounter that woman and then the next thing you know she's gripped your heart and you're doing silly things, you're mowing the lawn and all you can think about is something she said 
and you're looking forward to the next time that you're gonna see her again and you're all gaga. These people on this day, something gripped their heart. And in that gripping, they thought, what are we required to do next? I believe that our our world is so ready for an encounter with Jesus Christ. I believe that in the last days, the Father's gonna pour out His Spirit and hearts are gonna get gripped and He's getting hearts ready now. If someone says this is the toughest point in history we've ever seen for the Gospel before, I don't believe it for a second. I believe that people are ready to encounter Jesus Christ, even if they don't know it. We all need this. Every single one of us here, we need this. When I was a young fella, I remember going on a walk with my family. One day we were on, we were on holidays and we were walking through a national park. And as we walked along this track, there was this rock wall beside us. And I thought, I'm gonna climb this rock wall, right? And it wasn't long before I kind of got up this wall and I was climbing along the wall that I found myself completely stuck. If you've ever done anything, any rock climbing before, you get to this point at times where you feel like if your body weight just shifts in any direction, you're gonna fall. And I was too high off the ground to just fall to the ground and I was just stuck. My family are below and people are walking past and I'm embarrassed on this guy just stuck to the wall. Anyway, after however long, it felt like eternity, Felt like I had a birthday up there and someone else was walking along the track and it turned out they were a very experienced rock climber. And they came up in the other direction and climbed the wall and came right next to me. And they said, Dan, I'm gonna help you get down from this wall, but you've just got to trust me. I was either gonna stay on the wall or I was gonna trust this person, right? And so he said to me, what I want you to do first is I want want you to take your right foot and I want you to stretch out and put it here on this rock. And I did that and he said, great. Now I want you to take your right hand. I want you to let go of what you're holding onto and I want you to stretch out and grab this point here. And I did that. He said, great. Now we're gonna shift your body weight right over onto that right foot. And step by step, this man, this complete stranger coached me inch by inch on how to move off this rock wall. And thankfully, when I was about 42, I got off the wall and uh, (laughs) but I guess I'm here today. And as a pastor, my heart is to try and encourage you to move along the rock wall. God has more for every single one of us. And He is the one, He has this desire to be the one to say, Dan, I want you to take your right foot and I want you to step here. And I want you to take that right hand and here's, I don't want you to touch there. I don't want you to hold on to that. I actually want you to let go of that. We're gonna leave that behind, but I want you to stretch out and grab onto this. And our choice, our decision is, are we gonna trust Him or not? 
Are we gonna stay where we are? Are we gonna trust in whatever else we're trusting in? Or are we gonna choose to trust in the Lord? And are we gonna move into the things that He has for us? And today I just wanna encourage you, what's that next step that the Lord has for you? For some people here, you're, you're new to this whole spiritual thing. Maybe you're new to church, maybe you're new to Christianity. Maybe someone literally got you in a headlock and dragged you to church today, right? It's so great to have you if that's you. But I want you to hear this, if that's you, the Father has more for you. God has a plan for your life. When Jesus died on a cross, when His blood was spilt, it was for you. Your name was on His heart right at that time. Or maybe you're here and you've been a follower of Jesus for so many years, but you feel like you're just dry and dusty and there's no life left and you don't know what's next. I want you to hear this, God has more for you. He doesn't want you stuck on the wall. He doesn't want you stuck not moving. He has more for you. There is growth. And I'm here today to encourage you, take the next step. What's the next step for you? And we're here, we have a team, pastors and leaders who are passionate about being there for you. And if you feel like, I don't know what the next step is, that's our heart to come beside you and say, all right, we're gonna take that right foot and we're gonna move it over here. And we're gonna leave this behind. That's not coming with us. And we're gonna move forward into the things that God has for us. I'm just gonna pray as we move into our times of baptisms. But I wanna give you an opportunity this morning, just as eyes are closed and heads are bowed, just to say, yes, Lord, there's a next step for me and I wanna take it. And if that's you here this morning, can I just ask you to raise your hand as we pray, just a step to take, to say, yes, Lord, this is me. I'm ready to take this next step, whatever you have for me. That's awesome. That's good. Get it up high, don't be shy. Father, we just... We just thank You that You're good, Lord. We thank You for Your love for us, Father. We thank You that Your plans are perfect. We thank You that You have no desire for us to be stuck or empty. You've got a life full of hope for us, Lord. God, you know what the next steps are for each one of us. So Father, we just pray as you see these hands lifted today, as you see these hearts open to you today. Holy Spirit, come. Guide us and lead us. Give us the strength to be obedient as you show us the next steps to take. We pray that we will be people who are always growing in the things that You have for us, Lord. God, don't let us stand still. Even when it's scary and we've got to stretch out, Father, give us strength, we pray. In the mighty Name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. 
We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.